Mac Power Users, episode 165, Holiday Geek Gift Ideas. Hey, everybody. It's David Sparks along with my pal, Katie Floyd. Hi, Katie. Hey, David. And we are here to talk today about the Holiday Geek Gift Guide. We did this last year, right? Yes, and it was uh, very well received. We had people telling us that they liked our suggestions. And then, of course, we had the usual slew of people telling us we cost them money. So I would say that's successful. Yeah, and it's kind of fun as we start heading into the holiday season to look at the stuff that, that, you know, both we have bought ourselves and kind of like and would recommend and the things that we are individually lusting after because there is always something geeky out there that everybody wants to look at. And so we thought we'd do a show on it. We also called out to Twitter. We got some great recommendations from the listeners, too. We're going to put a couple of those on the list, too. So strap in. This is a good show to listen to if you're looking to put something on your list or on somebody else's list. Uh, So I guess without further ado, we should just dig right in. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's the holidays already, isn't it? Well, um, this year, Thanksgiving comes late in the U.S., so we're going to have limited time. We, uh, we're planning the Sparks house. We're putting a tree up before Thanksgiving. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because we've got a bunch of family stuff going on, so we're going to be out for a good chunk of a, a, the couple weekends after Thanksgiving, and I don't want to wait till the last minute. And, you know, we went artificial a few years ago, artificial tree. So Oh, that's so wrong. Oh, no, it's right. It's right. Oh. It's where I live. It's like the desert. If you put a tree in our house, it gets so warm that it folds up like an old umbrella and becomes a fire hazard. Speak, well, speaking of you, which. Wait, did you ever see that thing Steve Martin did where it was on Saturday Night Live and he talked about, you know, the Christmas and he was like in front of a fire and he talked about how he liked it when they were kids and they went and cut down a living thing and watched it slowly die in their living room. You know, I was just going to tell you about how every year my family goes out and we pick a live Christmas tree and cut it down. But now somehow that story doesn't. You're terrible. Doesn't seem tree killer. happy. Tree killer. <laughs> um, but we, we always, we always, the, the rule in my house is my, my dad's birthday is December 9th. And so we don't have our trees up very long because the rule in our house is we cannot put our trees up until we're done with our birthdays. And we have a slew of family birthdays. I have four family birthdays between now and then. So that December 9th marks the end of the family birthdays. And then we can put up our tree. I used to like getting the real trees. I used to cut a piece out of the, of the trunk of it. And then I would let it dry out for a couple of years. And then I'd turn it on the wood lathe into a little tree. And then we'd paint it and we'd write the year on the bottom. It's kind of fun having a little piece of these old trees. But Really, where we live, trees don't last very long, and it just seems to make a lot more sense. I, I like having it up in the house. I like seeing it. I get festive, can I, I say? I love the smell of a real tree. Yeah. I, get, I guess they they have that smell in a can that you can just spray on your fake tree. Uh, I can't do that. I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think we went sideways a little bit on uh, on Christmas tree technology. Yes, um, but that could be on your <laughs> wish list, is you could have a, an Uber... High-tech Christmas tree, I guess. I want a Bluetooth Christmas tree. <laughs> Actually, I, ha- I have a Bluetooth Christmas oh, tree. because dear. Of I, course I, I have, have a Bluetooth my, uh, Christmas tree. Well, not really. I have my Wemo set up to it. That's what I did last year. I'm going to do it again this year. So well, that's not Bluetooth. I've got, well, yeah. It's Wi-Fi. Well, it's, it's remote. It's wireless. So I, have, so I have the Wemo, which I talked about, I think, on last year's gift guide, or at some point I've talked about it on the show. So Wemo is a... 
um, is a device made, I believe Belkin makes them and Mm -hmm. you buy them, you plug them into the wall and then you can plug a lamp or whatever into it. Well, I plug a power strip into it last year and then I ran all the lights for the tree off that. And I, um, then I used a, if this, then that rule. So when it gets dark in Orange County, California, the lights on the tree turn on and then they go off a set period of time afterwards, which is pretty cool. But you could do that with just a regular old timer. But I like having the fact that I've got this Wemo app on my iPhone. So sometimes we'll be coming home from somewhere and I can turn them on. Or if we're going to be out for, you know, all night, we can turn them off from my phone. Well, speaking of, of Wemos, that's actually one of the items on my list here. And I'm going to throw you for a curve because there, there is no rhyme or reason. You think the Google Docs that I had set up with, with the list is the order that we're going in? It is not. Just, yeah, I know. So I just know. just be prepared. But that is something on my list is I've gotten into the Wemo revolution. And this is your fault, David Sparks. Excellent. Yeah. And so um, one of the things on my list is I, well, this isn't on my list, but I've, I've, I've got Wemos for a lamp in my, in my foyer and I've got a, a Wemo plugged into a fan in my bedroom. And so I, I like a lot of stuff that Wemo stuff. I want to get a couple of their, their light switches and you can do those, but Wemo's got a new product coming out specifically that I want to try. And it, it is a plug and it's called the Wemo Insight Switch. And it's brand new, and it's it's tough to find. I'm not sure that it's officially available yet. I think it's later this month, so hopefully by the time that this podcast comes out, it will be available. But this one, the Wemo Insight, is capable of tracking energy consumption. So not only can you get an idea of how much energy you're using with the device throughout the day, um, you can also, I think, create rules based on you to see whether something is, is it kind of, is it in on mode or is it in, um, and, and this is, it's not out yet, so I haven't played with it. But so this is just based on the demo that I've seen from their website. But I would think that you should, in addition to just tracking the energy consumption, but you should be able to be able to see how long something's been running and the amount of power that it's using. And if it's currently using power or if it's currently kind of in a rest state. And I think that this might solve um, like the problem of, oh, did I leave XYZ on? Because with the current Wemos, it's like it's either on or off, right? It's either got power to it or it doesn't. Yeah. But this might be that happy medium of, yes, it's got power to it, but it's actively drawing power right now. So you can well, tell, okay, well, is my washing machine actually running right now? Or well, is my oven on right now? That excellent. Like, for instance, your... I guess curling iron is the famous one. Like, did you leave the curling iron on or not? Using the existing Wemo, you would know that that switch has power running through it or not. And you could push a button and it would definitely kill it. Uh, But you would not know if the device at the other end was turned on and was pulling juice with the existing device. And with this one, it sounds like you would. Right. So it's not That's so. That's kind of neat. And well, the curling iron is. I don't care if my curling iron turns off, completely off in the middle of the day, right? I mean, yeah. What do I care if I kill power to the curling iron? But there are some things that you don't want to, you know, unless you accidentally leave it on, you probably don't want to completely kill power to it because then you got all kinds of clocks in your house going twelve o'clock, twelve o'clock, twelve o'clock. Okay. But anyway. well, I didn't even know this existed till you put it in the notes. So thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, I'm an enabler. I have two. I have two Wemo devices. I haven't bought any more since the last time we talked about this. And and they during the rest of the year they 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 cover a lamp 
in two different parts of the house. So we can always turn it on when we're driving up at night. And, um, the, but during the holiday season, one gets repurposed to the tree and the other one gets repurposed to the outdoor lights. I don't, I don't go crazy with outdoor lights. So it's cool that I can turn it on and off with my phone. Do you really need to spend 50 bucks on that? Uh, probably not. You could do it with a much cheaper timer at Home Depot, like the light sensing one. But yeah, but, I, but with this still, one, you can tell it to use, which I do. And if this, then that rule to say at sundown, turn my lights on. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, just to play devil's advocate, though, for I think $15 at Home Depot, they have one that actually has the sensor in it and will turn off and on. Uh, I'm going to take your geek card away from you. Well, the problem we have with that, that and there, I'll tell you why I replaced it with the Wemo is, is the sensor is so sensitive that every time someone drove down the street with headlights on, the lights were flicking off and on. And <laughs> and it was like resetting the timer so that lights would still be on at like 2 in the morning. With the Wemo, it's a lot more controlled. There you go. Um, anyway, so that's a, that's a cool kind of uh, gift for yourself or somebody else. I, I gave away several of those last year to the geeks in my family, and... Every single one of them liked them. I think it, it scratches the right itch. It's it's geeky and it's kind of fun, but all you have to really do is download an app and plug it in. So it's not that hard. I mean, there's a lot of people in my life that if I turn them on to if this, then that, they just feel sorry for me and, you know, go have a beer. Uh, but the Wemo is something just about anybody can get into. And everybody, if they think about it, thinks, yeah, there's something that I could plug in and, and, and like to, to play with. So... And and mine's just totally lazy. I have it in the fan next to my room because I don't like walking across the room to turn on and off the fan. So I just have it on a on a Wemo timer. I think I'm going to start off mine with the big guns. Should I just go straight there? Okay, go for it. Uh, okay, I'm, so, I, I like to save my big stuff for later. Well, I'm going to mix them up. But the first okay. one is the most money I've spent on myself in a really long time. Well, I guess aside from Apple products, <laughs> but you know, if you're listening to the show, we're all going to give each other a pass on that. But I, people were giving me grief about the Sonos speakers for like three years on our podcast. And every time I got around somebody that had Sonos speakers, they're like, Dave, you got to try them, blah, blah, blah. And my stereo was really great. I bought it in like 1991, right before I got married. And you know, it was handling everything just fine, but it finally kind of gave up the ghost on me and I had to, to replace it. So I started looking at how much is it going to cost to buy a receiver and what would work with my TV. And it was starting to get complicated and my house isn't really wired for, you know, running cables all over the place. And I knew I wanted a better solution. And I looked at it, things and, and there are definitely solutions out there now that are not as expensive as a Sonos, but so many listeners wrote me saying how much they, I mean, I didn't have a single listener write me when I was talking about this saying that they bought them and didn't like them. So I went ahead and bit the bullet and I bought a Sonos. Um, I guess it's a play three and a Sonos soundbar. So I was in it for about a thousand bucks. I think by the time you add it, well, maybe a little less than that. So the soundbar. So, so goes, this is for all the Mac power user listeners who've written in saying you've cost us money. You have now gotten back at David. Oh, yeah, in a big way. And my wife is like, what? What is this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, th- they're really great. So it the soundbar fits right underneath my television, and I've got it wired to the Apple TV, which is where we watch most of our TV these days. And it sounds just fantastic. And the thing I really love about it is, uh, and the way I primarily use it is there's an app on the phone, an iPad, and you can have it serve up from 
your your Mac or there's there's just a ton of ways you can deliver music to this. But for me, usually I've got the music I really love right on my phone. So it looks at from the app, the music on your phone, and I've got these great playlists. And, you know, like when we put the tree up, I'll be playing Christmas music through them or just, you know, on a Saturday, I'll be playing music. If the, if the kids and my wife leave, it gets really loud. So it it sounds great. And I don't own a receiver. In essence, these things are the receiver. They have the amplifiers built into them. So I was able to move a whole, you know, you know, whole like cabinet worth of cables and nonsense out of my life, which felt really good. Um, I think this Christmas, I my wife hasn't asked me yet, you know, what the big wish. I think if I had one, it might be one of those Sonos subwoofers next. I think that will have to be the next thing I do. I'm not sure if I can afford it this year or not, though. But So set this up for me. You've got a sound bar like in your living room. Yeah. And, and then I've got the Play 3. And we have our, our house isn't very, I have a 1500 square foot house. It's not huge. But the downstairs area has two major rooms. And the sound bar is in the, what I call the family room. And it's right under the TV. And then the Play 3 is in the room just next to it. But there's there's opening between them so the sound gets through. And so I can play, I can fill the downstairs with music by just, you know, hooking both of those up at the same time. And then when we have friends over, I move the play three to the backyard and just plug it in. Okay. It, they're really nice. They sound great. I don't have, um, I don't know enough about, you know, sound systems to give you the kind of quantification that a lot of people would really like. But I do like the way that these things, you just plug them in, they work and they sound great. I would like more bass, though. So at some point, I'm going to get a subwoofer. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I also upgraded my home stereo this this year. And it's been something that I've been thinking about doing for a while and, and finally bit the bullet and did it. And I, too, added a sound bar to my home stereo system. I did not go with the Sonos. I went a little bit cheaper than you did. I actually got yeah. out sub $200. Yeah, so you you just like you're the smart one. Yeah, um, and I went with the Vizio sound bar, two point one is uh, sound bar, and what makes it a two point one is it's got the sound bar and it has a wireless subwoofer, and by wireless it means it's not connected to the sound bar; it is connected to power. And I I did a little bit of research, and CNET was primarily who I I I am not an audiophile, but I wanted something that had good crisp sound and that had a, a a little bit more oomph than the speakers built into my flat screen TV because my my Samsung plasma it's a couple of years old now and it notorious just doesn't have great sound and it was fine you know if you're watching the news or something but if you're you know if you're watching a, an action packed movie on your Apple TV you're you're going to want something a little with a little more oomph in it you got to so, be able to hear Reg's cat right you got to be able to hear the cat meow from from anywhere so I went with the 2.1 soundbar, and um, I'm I'm really liking it. And the reason I've been looking at these for a while, I've got a, a pretty small living room, and I just I didn't want to drill, and I didn't. I've got an open floor plan, so my kitchen is right behind my living room, and I didn't really have a setup that absent putting things in the ceiling, I didn't have any place that I could could mount speakers. So I I knew that I wanted to go with a, a soundbar system. And I did have one little spot where I could tuck that subwoofer behind my couch. So I went with the 2.1 setup. And I've been I've been really happy with it. And the reason that I waited for this particular version is because I almost bought one last year. And the CNET review said, if you wait another generation, they're going to have Bluetooth in them. 
which was yeah. perfect because this is, you know, I like you, I have an open floor plan. And so when I, when I'm listening to the sound bar in my living room, if I'm anywhere in the middle area of my house, you know, if I'm in the kitchen, if I'm in the living room, if I'm in the dining room, I'm going to be able to hear what's coming out of that sound bar. So I can just stream music from any of my iOS devices to that sound bar via Bluetooth. And without having my Apple TV on, without having my TV on, you know, boom, I've now got not AirPlay, but I've got Bluetooth speakers that that's that's throughout my house. And I can now take those Bluetooth speakers or those speakers that I had in my kitchen and, and repurpose them in another room. So, I've so, been, I've so been just happy. explain to me, do you, do you need a receiver to make those work or do they have the amplifier built in? That was the beauty of it. I wanted something very minimal. Now, I have not mounted this on my wall yet. Um, Because I'm thinking about getting a new TV. I, I just wish Apple would make up its mind. Somebody please tell me and Gene Munster what they're going to do with their Apple TV strategy. But I'm pretty close to getting an, an – I'm about due for a new TV in my my living room. So at some point, I'm going to mount the sound bar in my living room. I'm just kind of waiting on that new TV strategy to decide what I'm going to do. But it's pretty minimal. It's just the sound bar. I liked the look of the Vizio. It was pretty thin, pretty sleek. And that's all it is. And it's connected with with one cable. And in this case, it is the, um, oh, David, help me with it. I think it's the Toslink cable, the optical yeah, the, audio tab- yeah. cable. Yeah. Um, and I've got that. And, and all the cables came in the box, which was great. So I've got that cable connected to my TV. And then all of my other devices are plugged in via HDMI to my TV. I've got the Apple TV plugged in. I've got the TiVo plugged in. I've got a Blu-ray player plugged in. And no matter what input I'm in, my my soundbar audio comes out of the TV. And I was able to configure my universal remote so that it controls the soundbar and not the remote on my TV. And I've just been very happy with it. And it was, you know, for a $200 upgrade, it made a world of difference to watching movies on my TV. Yeah, see, I spent a lot more than that. But it, yeah. I do. I'm pretty happy with the Sonos. I have to say as well. Yeah, and I think but you'll be you'll be even happier once you buy that subwoofer because I'll tell you what. I'm sitting on the 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 first couple of days when I got it, I was sitting on the couch and I kept hearing things behind me. I was like, "What <laughs> is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, I, it's I've, the it's the fake surround sound." I've never actually had a subwoofer, so we'll see. Yeah. I might I actually might do damage with one, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that. There's the crazy one for me. If you're going to go nuts, buy some some new speakers for your house. It's nice to see all these uh, various companies coming out with with products, though, that solve this problem. It used to be you had to buy a receiver and all these other parts. And I I really am at the point where I don't want to deal with any of that stuff at this point. Okay, Katie, what do you got? Well, I guess you gave me yours with the sound bar with Bluetooth. Mine was the sound bar with Bluetooth, yeah. Okay. Um, So I've got another one. uh, And this goes in the category of outdoor uh, and to Christmas decorations. I should have talked about it at the beginning. When we were talking about trees. Did you see, have you been watching my tweet account? I ha- Yes, I saw it. This is, it's really an abomination, but somebody sent me a picture of this and I had to buy one. It's a, it's a light up R2D2 for your yard. It's Except awesome. yours is not in your yard. I've seen it. Yeah. Well, we put it, we got it. And my daughter is really into star Wars too. I wonder why. And, uh, so we kind of set it up as a surprise for her and we've all been enjoying it so much. We've decided that it's going to stay inside. It's an indoor outdoor decoration. And in the sparks house, it's an indoor decoration. Yeah. We get really, we get a lot. I live kind of in the foothills, so we get a lot of wind. Sometimes your Christmas decorations will just disappear one night. 
R2 is used to that. He he falls over. He gets himself back up. He always finds his way back home. Yeah. R2 is so, a tough man. It's a, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Um, and in fact, I'll give it to you in just a minute when we come back. Cause I don't, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I had to go. There's several vendors making this. And I'll tell you, I have the right one. I just have to find it. Okay. Well, I've already started the show notes. So you can just go ahead and, and add it with a little bookmarklet and we'll be good to go right. and, and save JT a little work here. All right. So, um, I, since you did a star Wars, one and and I'm trying to meet you tit for tat here a little bit. Since you did a Star Wars one, I'm going to have to do a Star Trek one. And Go for it. Yes, let's hear it. Um, mine is the Star Trek Batleth letter opener. All right. Nice. Now this is available from one of my favorite shops, and this is Think Geek. And yeah. I was looking at the regular full size Batleth, but I thought you know realistically that would be fun, but I just end up sticking it in a closet somewhere. And, and never using it because that'd be fun for a while, but it's not like I can really do anything with it because, you know, I just can't. I think Geek has so many great gifts for people like us. <laughs> um, I could see you sticking the real life one into me at some point. It may be, know. maybe. But, I, you know, in order to stick it into you, I'd have to get it through TSA and, yeah, <laughs> maybe I could ship it. But this is uh, this is fairly small. It sits on your desk. And it's a letter opener, so you can imagine the size that it is. You know, it's it's letter opener size or smaller, but it's got a little stand for it to sit on your desk, and it's a batleth. And I think that it's just kind of appropriate where some, you know, if you if you stuck it on your desk, the few really cool people who came into your office would know what it was and think that you were awesome, and people who just didn't know what it was just wouldn't know what it was. Okay. And and my favorite thing, and, and this is why you still need to be careful, is on the in the product specification page, it says in all caps, incredibly sharp batleth letter opener. This is not a toy. All right. So now we're talking. Does it come with a little toy cat or any of the other <laughs> Star Wars paraphernalia? It does not come with a toy cat or any other other paraphernalia. There's a, a video. On the do, you have the, um, do you have the blow-up Captain Kirk chair? I imagine you're sitting in it right now. Are you? <laughs> I am sitting in the blow-up Captain Kirk chair right this very moment, as a matter of fact. Do you like occasionally just push buttons, those those little plastic buttons on the armrest, mm-hmm. just for fun? Yeah, and things blow up. <laughs> you don't want to know what happens if I push this button right here. Okay. Well, Katie Floyd, that sounds like a pretty good gift for you. Um, they've got all kinds of cool stuff at Think Geek. So if you if you've got a geek in your life and you can't think of anything else, go over to King, Think Geek for sure. There are a couple of T-shirts I could like over there too. Yeah, I've got a. In fact, I've got one on the Think Geek list that isn't what you think it would be, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, let's talk about our first sponsor. That's Pixelmator, and uh, Pixelmator is a long-term sponsor of the Mac Power users. They make the best photo adjustment software out there and graphic software called Pixelmator and you can get it in the Mac App Store and they just came out with version 3.0 FX and this brings even more power to the ways you can enhance your images. Uh, It's got layer styles so you can uh, set styles to individual layers. It's got a complete set of liquify tools and that's true. You can my daughter liquefied my face on Pixelmator the other day which was kind of fun. Only on Pixelmator? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, she doesn't have the real life Batleth and other okay. paraphernalia that Katie's looking for. I, I thought maybe and, that was a feature of R two D two, but okay. Yeah, and and you know the thing about Pixelmator, and I think the thing that's always made Pixelmator really great is that it's def- dev- designed for the Mac and it's built around the Mac. So, um, you know, there's other software ap- applications out there, some of which are really expensive that are made to be multi-platform, and as a result, their hands are tied. They can't bring it forward as fast as something just for the Mac is designed and Pixelmator has done that they've got all the support for the new os 10 mavericks features like um, advanced polished compositions it's got the you know the power management tools that are available in in xcode now in the application so it's taken advantage of all those great mavericks features uh, you can have simpler, faster, more enjoyable, state-of-the-art image editing engine that gives you speed and keeps the creative process flowing. It's just really super um, uh, acclimated to the Mavericks environment. So as a result, everything works great. It uses the graphics chip, for instance, where some applications don't. And you get all of this for just twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, it's a free upgrade to existing Pixelmator users, which is kind of remarkable when they sent me the beta of it. I said, okay, well, you know, how much is it going to cost to get this new version? They're like, oh, no, we're giving it away. <laughs> and uh, it's, it is it is to me. And you know why? They, they've sold a million copies of this. They just put that on their blog. I mean, there are a lot of people out there using Pixelmator to make some really great stuff. Go check it out. And if you've been listening to me talk about this for a while, now's the time to go check it out because you want to get good at this stuff before the holidays hit. Uh, it will make you help you make better images. And if you feel intimidated by this, let's say you're somebody that only uses iPhoto, um, go check out pixelmator.com. I believe it's slash tutorials. And you'll see all these great video tutorials of how to use this $30 program to make your photos beautiful. So even just watching the tutorials will probably encourage you to buy it. If you do buy it, let them know you heard about it from us. And thanks Pixelmator for their continued support of the Mac power users. Hey, I heard a rumor. Really? I heard that the graphic designer who laid out the latest Mac Sparky field guide exclusively used Pixelmator. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Do you like the design? I never really heard from you. I've, I I've did. Been talking. Yeah. The, um, so I, uh, I used a Pixelmator uh, for, if you look at the chapter entries, there's like images with kind of a color shading over it. It's a couple different layers. I thought I was very clever doing it. I sampled the color image from the line and the color palette I was using in the rest of the book. And all this was done in Pixelmator in about three hours. And if, if, if I had known really what I was doing, it would have taken about 30 minutes. Yeah, it was cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, I, I promised a product from ThinkGeek, and let me tell you, this is one that has withstood the test of time. I don't think, Katie, I've ever talked about my variable uh, temperature kettle on the show, have I? No, I don't think you have. My niece, who loves me very much a few years ago, bought me this thing from ThinkGeek because I love tea. But, you know, you can't boil water and make tea. It ruins the tea. It's too hot. It burns the leaves. So I used I to didn't make know that. Uh, yeah, you you can't put boiling water in tea. Like that's that's crazy talk. I, I thought that's what teapots did is they boiled water. <sighs> yeah, but that's not the way you're supposed to 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 brew your tea. Okay. Um that's you know, that that's what they do on uh, Klingon planet, whatever. You know, you've gotta have you've gotta 
drink your tea like a gentleman. So you boil your water and then I had a little temperature gauge and then I would, so I'd finished boiling the water and then I'd turn it off and then I'd set a timer for like 10 or 15 minutes and go check the temperature. And my niece thought that was crazy. And so she bought me this thing from Think Geek. It's called the Utility Variable Kettle. And it's a, it's a, it's a little kettle, electric kettle that boils water, but it's got a thermostat on the side of it. And it's a simple dial that you can spin to whatever temperature you want. Um, it doesn't actually have a temperature gauge on it. it. It has green, white. It actually has kind of a color-coded dial that relates to the type of tea you're going to brew with it. Um, I can tell you I set mine with a temperature gauge, so I'm getting it to about 140 degrees. And once it gets there, it just turns off. So the water is at the perfect temperature for me to brew my tea and start drinking it. And I got this last year and I absolutely love it. I use it all the time. In fact, I'm thinking about trying to get another one for work because, you know, I'm still doing it the old fashioned way at the office. Um, uh, this is a great device and it's, it's available through ThinkGeek. Uh, and planning for the show, I went and looked and now there it seems like there's two or three other manufacturers out there making competing products. I don't know if they're any good or not. There's some with a digital thermostat on it. I don't think I, I like the idea of a dial because it just sticks right there on that dial and it, it works for me, but maybe a digital one would be good too. It's called the utility variable kettle. And if you have a tea drink in your life, that is an excellent gift. I got nothing that continues on that theme. Well, are you, I, I've never asked you, Katie Floyd, are you like a coffee drinker, a tea drinker? I, I am a coffee drinker, but I'm afraid that if I say the coffee snobs will say that I'm not a true coffee aficionado. And I'm not. I, I have a Keurig in my office and a Keurig at my house, and I love those. They're so great. I, was just, I just figured you just, just went just for Jack Daniels and nothing else. That's, that's what I – well, see, I see I put the Jack Daniels in the Keurig, and it yeah. comes out, and so people just don't know. You get those little cartridges. I get the Jake. cartridges, and I just <laughs> and <laughs> out they come. So now that I, explains a lot. Yeah, I guess yeah. I could put that on the list. But no, what I have is I have a Keurig, and I I have the Keurig Mini because it's it's just me, and I don't like you know the big Keurigs have this big water reservoir, and I think it's kind of freaky to put a whole bunch of water and then let it sit on your on your counter for like a week or so. That's uh, so freaky. That just seems um unsanitary. It is interesting. I know people that really like coffee and they have a lot of disdain for the Keurig system. I have a lot of disdain for Keurig tea. Somebody make, made me one once and it was it was just absolutely terrible. Oh, you see, because if you had come to my house, I would offer you tea and that would be what I had to offer you. So now I will not do that. Just give me your Jack Daniels. if I could. <laughs> I'll just put my Jack <laughs> Daniels the cartridge in the, closet. In, the, in the Keurig. <laughs> but that's what I do. And, and for those that uh, question, Vermont Country Blend is my Keurig coffee of choice. So, but I that's not my, I really, I really have no care about that. Katie Floyd. Well, I couldn't care less about your tea. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Your All turn. Right. So I will pick something for the home. How does that sound? Okay. Since we're with this domestic category um, and I will pick a door lock, the quick set Kivo. And uh, I actually, do you ever watch the show? And, and I don't watch it often, but I happened to catch it one night. Shark Tank? Are no. you familiar with the concept of Shark Tank? Yeah, I am, I am. I'm told I should watch it and I don't have time. Okay. Yeah, I don't watch it regularly. But I did catch it in reruns or something over the summer. And I saw this guy demoing this idea for an app that would unlock your door. And then a couple of months later on Amazon, I saw available to pre-order the Quickset Kivo. 
and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, K-E-V-O, lock. And, and basically what this is, is on the outside, it looks like a regular deadbolt lock. But on the inside, it actually has Bluetooth in the lock and some fancy technology. And you pair it with your iPhone. And although you can put a normal key in it and lock and unlock the door just like you normally could with a regular key, you use your iPhone as a key to the lock. So if you walk up and your iPhone is within so many feet of the lock, all you have to do is touch the lock and it will unlock because it knows, hey, that's you. You've got your iPhone. There it is. And so the obvious thing is, well, isn't that inherently insecure? Because if the door is going to unlock whenever your iPhone is within, let's say, 10 feet of it, wouldn't your iPhone be within 10 feet of it when it's inside the house? But apparently they have this technology built in to the door where you calibrate it and it's smart enough to know, is your iPhone inside the house or outside the house? And so it won't unlock if the iPhone is inside the house, but it will unlock if the iPhone is outside the house. And you can set up electronic keys and you've got to buy them, unfortunately. They're two bucks a piece. But David, if you were coming over and I wasn't able to meet you or if I wanted to give you a key to my house, which I would never do just because, oh my gosh, you know, so untrustworthy. You'd be drinking my, my Keurig tea and and all that, you know. I'd be drinking your JD and I'd be... Uh... Burying your batleth in the backyard. <laughs> it would just be disastrous. <laughs> just a bottle and a shovel. <laughs> disastrous. Um, but I could send you a key, you know, before you hopped on your plane. And you would have, yeah. you'd be able to come in the front door with your key. Um, I have one of the, and if, if the Kivo is too much for you, if it's, you know, it's about 200 bucks or so, it, it may be 300 bucks. Um, I think it's 300 bucks. Uh, if you, if the Kivo is too much and you don't want to spend that much on a door lock. They've got another version that has, um, which I actually have on my back door, has a, a push button numpad. And I've been using this for years where you can push button and enter a code and it will unlock the door. So It's although, called the smart code. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so funny that, that you brought this up because I just went through this. I've In my back door, I'm always doing, I have a little garden I work on. And every time I go out there, my kids have been trained so well to lock the door that they lock me out of the house every time I step into the backyard. And then they go and put on their big headphones and I'm stuck outside and I can't get in. <laughs> yep. So I went and bought one of those for it's the back great. door. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I think I'm going to put one on the front door. I, I think they're great. Now, I looked at this Bluetooth one you've mentioned and even as big of a nerd as I am, I was a little hesitant to use that. I got thinking, well, what if somebody could spoof whatever Bluetooth signal it takes to unlock my door? Um, and I don't know. It's just so new that I would like to give those a couple years on the market to see how that all shakes out. But, but, you know, just tapping in a, a punch code, you know, that's pretty secure. Yeah. I know so, I'm going to get emails about this. But. So, so if the Bluetooth one doesn't work for you, take a look at the smart code electronic door bolt. I have one of these on my back door too. It sounds like you do. I love this because what it lets me do is it, it lets me, you know, go walk around the neighborhood or go do something and not have to take my keys with me. Yeah, that's my big thing. I hate carrying the keys around. And and I use a very long code to my family chagrin to get in. It's not just a four-digit code. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know we were going to go there. We got door locks on Mac Power users. Okay, so we got there. Um, here's one that's you know more along the lines of Mac Power users, and it's something I just use all the time. A couple of years ago at MacWorld, I bought one of these Hyper Mac chargers for my iPad, and it's a little brick, and you plug it into your USB, and it charges up. 
and then you throw it in your bag and there's enough juice in there to recharge my iPad a couple times. Wait, now let, re- let, me, let me make sure I, your iPad, because it's hard to charge an iPad a couple of times. Yeah, so, it's, did I it's hear, a good Did I hear one, you though. correctly? A, yeah, it's a hyper Mac here. I'm going to look up the, the number while I'm talking to you. If you go to hypermac or hypershop.com, it is, in fact, they don't even carry it anymore. It's called the Hyper Juice is the one I had. And I got the large one. Yeah, they do make a Hyper Juice, but they've got a micro and a mini. Yeah, it's uh, now it's 7,200 milli, uh, milliwatt hours. Is that it? M-A-H? Well, maybe it's not a couple times, but I, I get more juice than I know what to do with. And you can charge the phone several times. And it's a great thing to have with me when I'm going out of town. I just had to take a trip up north a few weeks ago and I had a little battery issue, had this in my bag. I was good to go. There's a lot of accessories that come and go for your iOS devices, but just having a portable source of of battery power that just never gets old. And I would recommend getting the one, don't get the one with the built-in lightning or 30 pin connector. Just get the one that's got the USB female jack in it, where you can just plug in your existing cord or get a small cord and plug it in and you can charge on the road. And whenever any of my family goes out of town, I always loan this to them. It's just a great thing to have in your bag. All right. You don't sound convinced. I got something better. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So I'm going to stay on your same theme, but I'm going to I'm going to one up you. Okay. And I I like that a lot. But I have discovered, and I've started buying these for a couple of people on my list. Uh, my one of my favorite shops is Monoprice. Yeah, you, yeah. And so they have high quality, but uh, generic accessories, and I, they they make their own. So maybe Monoprice is their own name it's brand like the now. The place to go for cables. Yeah, it's the place to go for cables. And um, so I, you know, I'm finding that almost all of the people in my family now have iPhones and iPads. Some of them are still 30 pins. Some of them are Lightning, but they almost all do. But they seem to all have power issues. And just the other day, my my aunt was running around. <laughs> at, at her workplace, I was there for some, and, and she was rummaging through people's desks looking for an Apple charger. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, before she gets arrested, I need to, I need to do something about this. Um, so you can buy an external battery pack charger for iPad and iPhone, and they've got a couple of different models that you can use. Um, and, and they start in price from anywhere you can get a, a 300 milliamp hour. Is that, did we decide that's what, 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 M? H-A means, M-A-H means okay, milliampere. Okay, let's go with it. Let's okay. go with it. We'll just deal with the email. <laughs> yeah, just just email David if that's not right. Uh, so you can go with the, the 3,000 milliamp hour whatevers um, for 18 bucks, Or you can get a 5,000 for 30 bucks, Or what did you say yours was, 7,200? So, yeah. I can get 8,000 for 3,560. Yeah, I'm sure I paid more than that for this Hyper Mac device, but that was years ago, so. Yeah. No, I agree, though. Monoprice is a great place to go for things like that. Yeah, and these are are cool because they've got dual ports, so you can charge up to two devices at once. And they're just, like you said, they're just straight USB, so you can charge anything. And then Monoprice, you can also get these really short, either 30-pin or uh, lightning cables. And by short, I mean like three inches which is about perfect. I like having a couple of really short cables because they're perfect for things like this. 
Um, in fact, I used it this weekend when I was um, going to a football game. I knew that my battery probably wasn't going to make it all day. So I took my, my battery pack and I took one of those really short cables and just stuck it in my pocket and was good to go. You know, I'm going to buy, I just, I just looked at this. I'm going to buy like three of these and give them away. Cause that's yeah. a good price. Yeah. Um, my, my tip to you though, wait, wait until black Fridays. They usually have some kind of special. Yeah. Thanks. So. Good point. Okay. Well, so. it's, it, it's on me again. Well, but before we do, why don't, why don't we talk about, uh, one of our other sponsors before and, and just let the anticipation build for a moment. Okay. Cause I have a good one. You have a good one. Okay. Yeah, I do. Well, before you talk about your good one, I want to talk about something else that I really like and actually could have been put on this gift list. Uh, and that is my Drobo. I've got a Drobo 5N that I've been using for the last couple of months. And I am really loving this thing. You've got a Drobo 5N as well, don't you? Yeah, we are really incorporating it into the uh, Sparks family data system. Everybody's using it now. It's, it's really helpful. Yeah. I, I want to tell you about two ways in particular that I'm using my Drobo 5N. Well, let me talk to you a little bit about what a Drobo 5N is. So you've got your Drobo, and what you can do is you can mix and match and put any size SATA drives in there that you want. So depends on what you've got. If you've got a couple of spare one terabyte drives, if you've got a couple of two terabyte drives, you've got a couple of three terabyte drives, doesn't matter. Mix and match, stick them in your Drobo, and it will automatically calculate and tell you how much space you need. You can tell the Drobo, I want dual drive protection, I want single drive protection, and it will automatically allocate the resources that you need. So what this means is, depending on the level of drive protection that you pick, you can have up to two drives in your Drobo fail simultaneously, and your Drobo will automatically rebuild and reallocate itself without losing any data. So it's got definitely a layer, a, a big component of the Drobo is this dual, is, is this data redundancy built in. And I, you know, hard drives will fail. And I have had Drobos that have had hard drives in them die. And it's scary. I've actually got the Drobo dashboard set up to email me. And I was sitting at work one day and I got this email from my Drobo and it said, critical alert, drive has failed. And then a minute later, I got another alert that says, you know, standby Drobo is is re, uh, reallocating your data. And then by the time I got home that night at five o'clock, it was all good. It said, replace this drive when you can, but we're good. Don't worry yourself about what's going on here. Um, but anyway, so that's that's one of the great things to love about Drobo. But specifically how I'm using this 5N is the 5N is a network-attached Drobo, and it is really fast. So it's got high-speed Ethernet. Um, I've got this, this solid-state memory accelerator stuck into it. So copying files back and forth from the Drobo, streaming high-definition video to my Apple TV off the Drobo, all of that stuff is just super fast, and I'm not having any issues with trouble, a stutter. But I'm also using the Drobo is I've carved off um, a terabyte out of my Drobo for Time Machine. And I've been having some issues with my Apple Time Capsule recently. I, I think it's firmware related because I've had some issues with the firmware, but I, I just, it's not been real reliable. And I kind of think that it's on its last legs and I need to replace it. So I was thinking about as I'm getting ready to replace this, this Time Capsule, am I just going to replace it with an Airport Extreme, which is going to save me a couple hundred bucks if I don't have to go with the Time Capsule? Or am I going to go ahead and replace the Time Capsule? So I pulled off a terabyte on my Drobo, and the Drobo will actually work as a backup destination, for, as a network backup destination for Time Machine. So, yeah, I'm really interested in hearing that, because I know you've been using it a while, and the first thing I thought is, well, let's hear how she thinks of that in three months. The only, How's it going? The only thing I can tell you that is different about the Drobo and the Time Capsule 
The only way that the Drobo is different is that the Drobo is faster. Interesting. Than my time capsule. I can tell no difference from, I mean, the, the, the Mac, both my Mac mini and my iMac are backing up to that Drobo as a time capsule. And it has no idea other than it's faster than my time capsule. So I got, it's, it's going to save me a couple hundred bucks right there when I go to buy a new, a new base station. I'm just going to buy the airport extreme and let my Drobo take over the time machine duties. Um, the other thing that I'm doing with my Drobo that is awesome because Drobo has these, the Drobo 5N has the ability for you to install Drobo apps is I have installed Plex and I've mapped those Plex folders to my iTunes library. So anything that I've got in my iTunes library is also showing up as Plex. And what's great about that is that my Drobo is always on. So I can, I, you know, I was in a hotel the other day and it had really good Wi-Fi in the hotel. So I was able to actually stream videos from my Drobo back at my house through the hotel Wi-Fi to my iPad. It was awesome. Well, that's, yeah, that is really nice. At my house, I'm increasingly getting my kids off of the family iMac because they're just messing it up too much. And um, so the whole iTunes and photo management workflows in the Sparks house have been under construction for the last month or so. And we're actually going to do a show on a bunch of this, but the Drobo is key for me and that stuff too. But I'll, I'll save that for the next time. So anyway, you can find more information about all the various models of Drobos that they have, whether it's the 5N, the 5D, the Drobo Mini, or anything else over at Drobo.com. Tell them that we sent you, and uh, thanks to Drobo for their continued support of Mac Power users. Okay, Katie, so I have a problem uh, with my Fitbit. Did you lose it? Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I, I was in trial in Los Angeles, and That's I had to go. I had to go in and out of the courthouse many times with much equipment, and to such an extent that I had to empty my pockets every time I went through because they're very particular in that particular courthouse about the uh, metal detectors. And in the process of that day, at some point, it went out of my pocket and did not come back in my pocket. I I, I think it happened at security, but I don't know. I called them, and they said they never saw it, and so if for the few friends that I've been tracking my steps with, the my numbers have drastically gone down for the last month. Because David's a slacker. Because they're zero. Uh, but so I, I think I want to get new. And, and, you know, I was talking about maybe I'll ask my family to get me a subwoofer. But I think what I really want, I think if I picked one geeky thing I want this Christmas is I've been looking at this Fitbit Force, this new uh, Fitbit they have coming out. And it's a bracelet, like a watch, kind of. It, it actually tells you the time. Uh, but it uh, it goes on your wrist. And I always thought that was too weird for someone who had kind of a professional job, but these look okay. I think I could wear it under my dress shirts and nobody would really care. Well, and this uh, this has a watch built, or not a watch, but it, you, you can tap it and it, get the time, right? Yeah, it tells you the time. And, and it looks really nice. You can wear it. It tracks your sleep. All the geeky... Um, you know, fitness and sleep tracking stuff that I really love. I think we even did a show on this a, a while back. Um, it's all in this one wristband. And I'm, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Apple making something similar to this next year sometime, but I would really like one of these. I think, I don't think I'm going to wait. And it's about 150 bucks. Cool. I'm, um, I'm, you know, I lost my Fitbit too. And oh, you did? I didn't my, know that. No, I lost my Fitbit also. Yes. I lost mine I, almost exactly like you. I lost mine going through security in the courthouse. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I lost it a while ago. And I've I've hesitated getting another one. I'm actually looking at the Nike Fuel Band SE. I may look at the Fitbit Force. I think I'd prefer the Fitbit Force is interesting because the only way I would wear something on my wrist is if it also told time because I do like wearing a watch. Um, so that's something that's interesting about the Fitbit Force. The thing that intrigues me about the Nike Fuel Band SE, and I need to do more research to compare these two, is the Nike Fuel Band claims that it will, my experience with the Fitbit is that it really just tracked steps. And I'm not a big runner. I mean, I'll do the elliptical machine or something like that. But most of my exercise is not step related. I'm doing rowing, or I'm doing elliptical or biking, or I'm working with a trainer, or I'm doing weights, or I'm doing things like that. And I've heard that the fuel band is supposed to be better at tracking those types of activities. I don't know. Stationary activity. Yeah, I don't know if the yeah. if the flex if the force will Fitbit will. Yeah, I, I looked while you were talking. It's actually one thirty, not one fifty. And uh, the reason I would stick with a Fitbit is because my wife has a Fitbit, and we have a lot of fun, you know, tracking and making fun of each other. So, so I'm in the Fitbit, and, and I have years of data in it at this point. I want to kind of continue with that ecosystem. Yeah, but but that looks like fun. I think that'll be, and I bet that'll be a popular gift this year. All right. Um, since I talked about our door locks before, um, I guess can I? I'll stick with a related item. I think there's yeah. something wrong with me, but you liked it too. So um, my my next item is the doorbot. Because how can you just not like the name of the doorbot? What is a doorbot? You don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What are you laughing at? The the doorbot, because it's hysterical. The doorbot is a replacement for your doorbell that has a camera built into it. And it's got Wi-Fi built into it. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding I'm looking at this. (laughs) Okay. So it's a little large and it's a little obnoxious looking. And so I might wait for like generation two until it, it tones down its appearance a little bit. Are you laughing at it? No, so it's kind of cool. So you put it where your doorbell used to be? So you put it where your doorbell used to be, and it pulls from the, it's got a battery in it, and it pulls from the power from from your doorbell. And it does work as a doorbell, but let's say the UPS guy or the neighbor or whoever comes up and they rings your your doorbell. It will call you on your, not call you, but it will, it will ring through to your, your iPhone app, and you'll be able to see and talk to the person at your door through your iOS device. So will it you, work? Will it work if you're <laughs> at work? Yes, you don't have to be home as long as you're on a, a network. Nice, and you can be like, "Yes, please go ahead and leave that package. Get the hell off my lawn." I don't think they are they allowed to do that without you signing. I think you have to sign know. or something. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. And so, what if they just tore this off your wall and brought it to their <laughs> house? Supposedly, it has anti-theft measures with a proprietary screw of some kind built in. But yes, someone well, could conceivably... If, if you've yeah. got a proprietary screw, then I'm sure there's going to be no problem at all. Somebody could conceivably, you know, rip it off of your, your wall, I'm sure. Because it, it, is, it, is, it is not the most subtle of doorbells. It, it is kind of fun, though, to see the way people are adapting Bluetooth and all these wireless technologies. And all this stuff is showing up in your house. This, I mean, in this past year, we've had many Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns with security-related devices, you know, in the $1 to $200 range that you just stick in your house and you can have a camera from anywhere. Yeah. Now, and even... They all, 
even on their website, David, they says they have a theft guarantee that okay. they have a a security bracket that if someone steals your door bot, they'll replace it. I mean, I think we, you know, when we did our, was it show 200, I believe we had a guest, one of the listeners who came on who did his own, rolled his own security system. And I think this is going to become yeah. much easier in 2014. And by the end of next year, when we do a guest show or our gift show next year, I bet that there'll be some r- real clear winners in this Wi-Fi Bluetooth camera market. Don't you? Yes, except I'm just trying to think. That was show 150. We haven't done show 200 yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sorry, I got into your Jack Daniels again. Yeah, you did. But I, I, I don't know that I would buy... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I really, really like this idea and I really want these people to succeed because I want this at my door. And then they have Locketron integration. Yeah, it will integrate with the Locketron. So you can actually unlock your door if you wanted to, if you had a Locketron. Well, that's kind of an interesting piece of tech. Yep. So you're coming up with good ones this year, Katie Floyd. There's the door bot for you, David Sparks. Since since on the on the category of bots, right, oh, dear. I have another one. Um, the uh, we have a, a portion of our house has these hardwood floors, and you'd think as your kids get older that you can clean them less, that they would actually do it for you. But that's a, a running battle in our house, and uh, and I'm kind of anal about it. You know, I have the system and everything, and, and I've always been obsessed with these little vacuums, you know, the, the little Roombas, and there's two or three different brands of them out there, and I've always wanted one. And my wife says it's like, you know, my own electronic dog or something. And I've I've literally been looking at them for like 10 years, and I've never done it because every time I... I think about actually buying one they're just way too expensive for anything i would i would really actually buy and and the reviews of them aren't really that great and it seems to me more of a gimmick than anything else but then uh daisy bought me i think it was father's day or something um a floor robot and it's not the roomba it's called the mint and it's really good god this is such a specialty item i i don't know why anybody listens to the show Uh, but it it cleans (laughs) tile and wood and it, it doesn't have a vacuum in it. It's just a little robot that has a like a microfiber cloth. And I run it like every Saturday morning and it makes me so happy to walk it, watch it just kind of tool around the house and it picks up so much dirt. Now my kitchen is like <laughs> eleven feet by ten feet. And it takes me about a minute and a half to to mop it with my sweater. Yeah, so you don't you don't need this. Yeah. You really don't need this. I think she got it for like about, I asked her when I was preparing the show, she said she got it like with a coupon at Bed Bath Beyond for like a hundred bucks. And I've got a hundred dollars worth of enjoyment out of this little robot. I'll tell you. It's called the Mint. And, uh, and research, researching it for the show, it looks like they, uh, they got bought out by Roomba, but it's, it's an interesting product because there's no vacuum in it. So you just put like a wet pad on this or something? Well, it's got two. It's got one that's a dry and that it picks up a lot of dirt. And then it's got another one that you put some water and some soap in it. And it does like a a wet mop as well. And it's interesting that the robot is actually pretty smart. It, the way it gets around things and the wet one, it does a different pattern. It does like a mopping pattern. Whereas if you have it just to clean the, the dry one, it does a sweep where it just goes on long straight lines. Now I had a I had a Roomba for a while. I bought a Roomba or I got a Roomba when I first moved into this house and I 
just found ultimately that it kept banging into my furniture like fast. You know, it'd yeah, be this, like this it one would, is much. It would better. like ram up and it would go like and it would run into my dining room table. Mine has a name. Oh, uh, do tell. I, I named him. <laughs> do, do, do tell. Did, did you ever see the Wally movie? Wally, yes, the, yes. One of the greatest Pixar movies they made. Uh, there's a little robot in there who's obsessed with cleaning Wally. The whole movie, he follows around any dirt. And his name is Mo. Oh, Mo. I know Mo. Yeah. So I, Daisy made a, got a little picture off the internet and she printed it up on a sticker for me and I put it on him and we call him, lovingly call him Mo. Okay. Mo. All right. I'm glad to hear about Mo. And t- I want you to take a video of Mo one morning and send it to me. I have shot video of Mo trying to convince my sisters to get one. So sadly, I actually have video already. <laughs> <laughs> just post it to YouTube or something. Yeah. And they they just say he's just a weirdo and forget it. You know, <laughs> if only one of us had like a website or something that we could post this video to. <laughs> if only. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I guess keeping with the, um, with the weird video theme, um, I'm really interested in the new drop cam, the new HD version of the drop cam. And going back to episode 150, where we talked about the whole home security setup, I got one you of mean those. 200? Yeah, episode 200, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really 150, where yeah. we got one of the, um, I, I picked up one of those really cheap and inexpensive D-Link cameras that I've got pointed at my front door for my, my cheap my cheap door bot solution right now. And it's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, it was like $30 on Amazon. I've just got it pointed at my front door and I can't see anything half the time. And if people move, you can't see them and I don't know what to do with it. So I think drop cam may be what I need because it's a high def wide angle camera. And you can also optionally buy into the drop cam service. Cause okay. So you've got this video, but it doesn't do you any good unless you've actually got the video. So you either have to have, um, some kind of solution on your Mac that's actually recording the video or Dropcam actually for an additional fee gives you this cloud solution where you can, where you can store the video. So I'm, I'm interested in this just to kind of check up and see what's going on when I'm, I'm not around. So I, I'm yeah, that, interested. That's the new Dropcam Pro. Yep. And that, that's what I was talking about earlier. I think there's going to be some clear winners in this space in the next year or two. And and people, it's not going to become something that is is kind of weird. I think a lot of people are going to start setting these things up. Yeah, this and, is a nice looking product though. It's got a little, looks like a suction cup. Yeah, and the video on these things is is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now the problem with almost all of these, and I mean it, it is what it is, is is you've got to run um, cables to them. I mean they are they are wireless in terms of um, internet connection, but you still have to run power to them all. Yeah. But like this would be something you'd put on a shelf. That wouldn't be such a bad thing. Yeah, depending on where you. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of a couple of places where I could put one. Mine, like there's one that I could put in my garage, pointed out a window. There's one that I've got in my in my f- front room now that's pointed outside, and there's one that I could put um, in my kitchen up above my shelving that kind of has a good view of my house. So uh, you got a. Do you want a lot of cameras in your house, Katie Floyd? Yeah, I want to. I want to see everything. I'm just saying those are possibilities. No. <laughs> I um, I it, just listen to us complaining that you have to plug it into the wall. Could you imagine just like a couple of years ago, someone would say, oh, and oh, and by the way, uh, you don't need to connect it to your computer. That's true. It would have gone crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
Hey, I want to talk about our sponsor hover before I get into some more cool ideas and, uh, Really thrilled to have Hover sponsoring the show. Hover.com is simplified domain management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in, but Hover makes it easy. You just type in a few keywords and they'll figure out some available domains using those terms for you. It's like magic. There are a lot of dot whatever choices out there, but Hover has some really great ones like .net. Uh, .NET is a popular extension, but it still has so many domain names available that aren't available on .com. So you can get the one that you're looking for. The coolest part is that it naturally stands for Internet. Uh, Hover just keeps getting better because they now offer Google Apps. Uh, if you want to go and set yourself up in Google Domain or a Google Apps on your account, you can do it right there. You can add Google Apps to a new domain or one you already own on Hover. Here's the deal. You get everything you already love about the full suite of Google productivity apps, including Gmail, Calendar, Drive, Docs, the whole package. But, you know, Google's a huge company and they can be hard to get a hold of for your questions, concerns and support. Uh, that's the best part. You get everything you love about Google Apps, but with the outstanding support of the team at Hover. People already love and trust Google Apps for Gmail. 25 gigabyte storage and how easy it is to collaborate with chatting and file sharing. And it's a great solution for business, but also families and groups who want the ability to share all kinds of stuff. If you're still not quite sure about Google apps is for you, they're offering a 30 day free trial to see what you think. As an aside, when I was trying uh, Gmail out for the email book, I did it through hover and it worked really great. They were had great customer support, helped me make the switch over and get everything working without me having to try and navigate through Google's customer support labyrinth. Uh, Hover has real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. So if you've got any problems, just pick up the phone and call. Even though I'm not Dan, use the code MacPowerUsers. Well, that doesn't make sense, Dan. Why did you write that? <laughs> uh, so use the code MacPowerUsers or visit hover.com slash MacPowerUsers and you'll get 10% because, off everything. Because we're not Dan. Yes, you because we're not Dan. You should use this coupon code MacPowerUsers. Yeah. Hover is an old sponsor for our show. They've been with us a long time. They understand the MacPowerUsers, and, and I know there's lots of them out there that have used Hover. As an aside, I also use Hover for all my email, which is pretty great, too, so through IMAP. Uh, thanks, Hover, for all of your sponsorship of the Mac Power users over the years. And everybody, go check it out. Yeah. You know, Don't I, forget just, that. I just registered yeah. a new domain with, with Hover. Oh, did you? Yeah, uh -huh. I was thinking about one as as uh, you were talking earlier, as I saw this ad spot coming up, because I thought of one I need to register right away. Uh, well, anyway, I, just, um, I just registered MacSparky.net and had it forward to KatieFloyd.me. <laughs> you can't because I bought that. <laughs> I bought MacSparky.net. You're not allowed. Uh, and I did it with the discount code. So don't forget it's Mac Power Users and you get 10% off whatever you're going to get over there. And uh, go check out Hover.com. They're quality people and we do appreciate their support. Uh, you know, KatieFloyd.net was my very first do domain name. Oh, was it? Yeah, because I couldn't get KatieFloyd.com. I, I still have it. It's still forwards to KatieFloyd.me, but... Anyway, you have katiefloyd.com now? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, the, that's the, too bad. The 12 year old with the hand, guinea pig still has it. It's tough with a name like David Sparks. There's a lot of us out there. So whenever I go to sign up for some new service, there's a good chance someone already beat me to it. All right. So um, your turn, my turn, your turn. Okay. I I'll, think I'll take my turn. Yeah. Cause I just talked about Dropcam. 
here's a really fun one. Uh, we did a show about, I think, kind of our what's in our bags or something at some point during 2013. And I had bemoaned the fact that, you know, in addition to being a Star Wars nerd, I'm also an Indiana Jones nerd. It's okay. I'm of the age where that's okay. And I, I talked about how I had a bag I got at REI that felt to me like the Indiana Jones bag. And that's that was enough to make me happy. And one of our listeners wrote in and pointed me to a website that sells uh, very near authentic Indiana Jones bags. You know, that bag he carries around in all those movies that he puts the skull in and the various bits and bobs he picks up. Uh, this is it. I love it. It's a World War One gas mask bag. And uh, there's somebody out there who, who actually got a warehouse full of the old ones and was selling them. And I, I don't know if he ran out or I, I couldn't find the original one. Uh, for a price I was willing to pay, but I did find for $30 a reproduction version of it. And I bought one and it it was a very, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Um, I wasn't even sure if I was making a good transaction because it seemed kind of odd. The whole thing, I, I, I think I might've been buying it from an international seller, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know if I was going to just completely blow my credit or actually get an Indiana Jones bag. At the end of the day, I got an Indiana Jones bag and I really like it. And I keep it in my trunk and I throw my iPad in there. And so when I want to go and do some work and I put my iPad in there, it makes me feel very special. Authentic Indiana Jones bags. Yeah. Yeah, I gave that I gave that whole discussion and Katie Floyd didn't say a single word the whole time. I'm just how can it Don't be an me. authentic Indiana Jones bag? Okay, well it's not in my head. The, it's I mean, authentic. there is no such thing as an authentic Indiana Jones bag, you know, because Indiana Jones is a real person. Okay, so it's a reproduction of the bag used by the fictional character Indiana Jones, and it makes me very happy. Have you heard of Amy Farrah Fowler's stance on Indiana Jones? Yeah, and if you go there, I will get really angry. <laughs> I am not going to do that to my listeners. I won't spoil it. I will beep it out. I will do whatever it takes, Katie Floyd. Okay. But Amy Fairfowler has some thoughts not on just, Indiana just Jones. Just stop. Stop right there. That's like, you're, you're going to ruin my Christmas. She's not wrong, huh? All right. Can I talk about my smoke detectors now? I'm going to go drink. Okay. You go drink because I want to talk about my smoke detectors because this this is the – how sad is this that the number one thing I want for Christmas that I want Santa to bring me this year is a smoke detector? Am I getting old? Getting? Um <laughs> I just have this picture of Katie Floyd as like a 10 year old. And I want a smoke was, detector, mommy. Exactly. I just, <laughs> I think you were like born 40, Katie. I think I was. I think I was. All right. So I am speaking, of course, of the Nest Protect, which is now shipping. So you can go, go pick them up on Amazon or from Nest. And this is a uh, carbon monoxide and smoke detector. And they are quite expensive. Um, so, and you'll need them to replace, I, I I don't know if you have to replace all the smoke detectors in your house at once, um, but I've got five smoke detectors in my house, so it's going to cost me like 650 bucks to replace them all. But that that's, can I just say that's crazy? Yeah. And you can never make fun of my Sonos again. <laughs> because, because, and Katie has $600 worth of smoke. Will your Sonos ever save your life? It does every day. It does every day. So here's here's my problem with my smoke detectors is that they don't work. 
And um, I know this because they wake me up for like the third time now that they have gone off randomly in the middle of the night. And they always go off in the middle of the night. They can't go off at two o'clock in the afternoon. No, that's that's not allowed. They have to go off at 2 a.m. for absolutely no reason. Don't know why, but they start doing that. Um, and they don't go off when my house is actually filling with smoke. Because, did I tell you about my bacon incident? I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> I um, This is actually Dan Benjamin's fault. But it was Mother's Day, and I had my entire family over at my house because I was going to do this big thing, and I was going to cook Mother's Day breakfast for my mother and my grandmothers, and it was going to be a big thing. And then my family members joined in and said, oh, we heard you're doing something for Mother's Day, so we're going to jump in on that. So I was trying bacon method, and oh, Dr. Durang was supposed to be writing a little something-something up, so get on it, Doc. But um, as I was doing the bacon method, I've got, you know, the bacon method is basically where you cook bacon in a pan in the oven. Yeah. And I was doing bacon method like times eight because I was trying to feed like eight different people. So I was almost done cooking my bacon in the oven, and the pan exploded. It was one of these glass Pyrex dishes, and it just exploded in the oven. And so you can imagine bacon is quite greasy. So I had grease and bacon in my oven at 400 degrees. And thankfully, it did not. I mean, it started a little fire in the oven, but it did not start a massive fire. Um, but there was smoke everywhere. And it, it, it was under. I'm sorry. It was under. I'm sorry. <laughs> my entire family is there. I'm trying to cook breakfast. There's smoke everywhere. Um, I guess I should be thankful that the fire alarms didn't go off because that would have just been great. That would just be one more thing. But the fire alarms didn't go off. If the fire alarms were ever going to go off, that would have been the morning for the fire alarms to go off. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Katie fun. Floyd died at the. <laughs> Baconopolis, you know, on Mother's Day, by by Dan Benjamin, by Dan Benjamin's bacon bacon method. But anyway, so my point being is, I don't trust these things. So what I really like about it is, it's number one, it's supposed to be a really good smoke detector. But what it will also do is, they they all talk to each other, and they'll they'll like give you a heads up warning, like, "Um, Katie, I think your bacon may be burning. Um, What it actually says is, I'm detecting smoke in the kitchen. And it will give you like a, a warning before it out, it goes into full-on freak-out mode. And so yeah. you can you can wave it off and tell it, no, it's okay, just chill out. Um, of course, it's got iOS apps and things like that. But it also integrates with the Nest thermostat, which was on my list last year, and I've since gotten. So it makes the Nest a better thermostat. So it does a better job of knowing when you're home and you're away because you probably have, if you're going to integrate these fire and smoke alarm detect, smoke, uh, smoke detectors, you probably have those integrated throughout your house. So these act as little mini sensors for your Nest um, smoke, um, sorry, your Nest thermostat. But, you know, I really like the stuff Nest makes. And I was with you last year about the thermostat. And I would even say that's another great gift idea this year if you haven't got on board with that yet or are looking to get a really good gift for somebody. Uh, the ability to turn on your thermostat from a, from afar is is really handy. You know, we uh, if we go out of town or go visit someone on a weekend and we're driving home and we realize it's like 100 degrees at our house we can turn the air conditioner on the way home and we get home and the house is nice and cool, but it wasn't running all day. And that's just one of the many things you can do with that nest thermostat. But I, I can't, I can't commit to these, um, to these smoke alarms. How much is it for one? It's 130 bucks. Yeah. That's, I just can't do it. And how many smoke alarms do you have in your house? 
several. I, I don't have to think about it. I think we have like six. Or, well, you have one in every bedroom and a couple downstairs. So we probably have five. Yeah. And depending on what your code is in your area, I mean, you may have to to have quite a few of them. So they can get very expensive. They're, they're 130 and, bucks a piece, so they can get expensive quick. And then I, I know they have a version of this that you can, because we have the ones that are wired into the house. They have a version that runs off the house wiring. They have one that runs off battery. So you'd have to get the right one. Yeah, but they're I, the same price. Yeah, I, I'm just going to probably wait on those. Hopefully they'll come down in price at some point. No, no, the thermostat hasn't. But I, so you are going to get one though, or you're, or you're asking for one. I'm asking, but I don't think Santa's going to get me one. Well, Santa, if you ever do Santa, get one. Santa kind of thinks it's dumb, too. But <laughs> If you ever do get one, I think you should report back to us, because we all are interested. But but Santa hasn't been woken up three times now in the middle of the night. Oh, don't you? I hate that, that little beep. No. I think I'm going off on a tangent. Mine's but, not the beep. Mine has gone off in the middle of the night in full-on freak-out mode. Yeah. Like your house that, is burning. That's pretty terrible. Your too. house is burning down mode. So I guess my thing is how much would I pay for that not to happen again? I, I bet though, for less than $130 per smoke alarm, you could find one that doesn't do that. Um, I did replace, I'm just saying. I did replace the one that I believe was causing the problem and it hasn't done it since. And, and you know, that cost me like 12 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's, Katie, this is the place for us to. <laughs> this is the place for us to. There's point not out supposed to be that, any judgment here. This is supposed to be exactly, my safe place. Exactly. Go get that fancy smoke alarm, Katie Floyd. <laughs> All right, we better move on. Um, I have um, I have one that's um, an an unusual pick for us, and it's a, an album. Uh, this year in 2013, uh, one of the greatest jazz musicians that ever lived, Dave Brubeck, passed away. I met Dave Rubeck, by the way. I'll tell you that story oh, wow. sometime, but I'm not sure the listeners would really care. But uh, they did a 50th anniversary release of his album called Time Out, which was one of the greatest jazz albums ever made. And as uh, as Mac nerds, we all can appreciate interesting things. And the, the thing that made the Time Out al- album so great was that uh, every song in it had an odd time signature. And... If you're not a musician, I guess the best way to explain that would be, um, you know, the number of beats per measure. You know, usually you tap your foot to a song. Most music has four beats to a measure. And if you listen to it, you can tap one, two, you can count one, two, three, four and hear each measure pass. Or if it's a waltz, it's three, four and you can count the three. That's why they have the three steps of a waltz dance. Well, Dave decided in this album, he was going to just go crazy. And he has like one on there um, um, that has... um. Nine eight, which is blue rondo a la Turk, or he's got stuff in there that you know, uh, take five, which is five beats, which is everybody knows that song. It's um, do 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 do. You know that song, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, don't laugh. Anyway, this album is the fiftieth anniversary of that. It's got some original tracks. It's got some live tracks of it. You can buy it in iTunes, and I've gifted it to like four or five people. And if you've always, if you've ever been interested in jazz, uh, this is just a really great album to buy. And, you know, this is the year Dave passed away. So it's a good time to buy it. Well, you didn't say it. Kind of you sad. didn't say I can't a say word to that. After that. And uh, I guilted you into it. Uh-huh. What else you got? Um, all right. Let me, let me pick something kind of solemn, I guess. Um, USB 3.0 hub. I okay. think, I think it's time. 
All right. I mean, I'm getting enough USB. I, I've got the two USB three ports on my on my MacBook now, and I'm getting enough USB three devices that that's not enough. So I think it's time to replace out my hub with a with a USB three hub. So I just don't have to worry about what's plugged in where. Have you got a particular one? I do have a particular one. All right, let's hear it. Um, I'm actually pulling it up off my Amazon.com wish list now. Um, the the one that I liked, and I, I went back and forth, and there, there are a couple of different ones that do the same thing. Um, but this one that I saw is, it's called the Anchor, A-N-K-E-R. Um, it's nine ports, because I need, I think nine is about the minimal that I can get away with. Isn't that horrible? Nine. I know. How many devices... I have, a lot, I have a lot of stuff that I like plugged in all the time. Well, let me tell you, I had a seven port hub and it was not enough. Okay. Yeah. But just barely enough. But the one that I like about this is all those video cameras. <laughs> I know. Um, is it is um, it has a couple of ports that are designed specifically for charging high power devices. So most of these um, USB hubs are lower. I mean, they do come with power outlets, but but still the power, you know, if you plug an iPad in there, it will say that this iPad is not charging. Yeah. So it has usually um, one of the things you want to look for in some of these USB ports is does it have one or two ports that is specifically designed to charge an iOS device or specifically designed with additional power? So yeah. so this USB port um, has an outlet just for that purpose. That's nice. Is it, what's the wattage on it? Do you know? Um, well, it has a nine port plus a two point one uh, five volt two point one amp smart charging point. Yeah, port. I'm sorry, amps. That's yeah, what I was looking for with amps, a twelve yeah. volt five amp power adapter. Nice. So I forget now. Is is the iPad at two point one amps, or is that the standard iPhone charging? I'm sure people are going to tell me. I should know this. I can't get to my charger right now. Um, it is. I want to say the I want to say the iPad is a higher amperage. I I did research on this when I was looking at my USB chargers, and um, I th- one of them has to do with USB power. I I know ten or twelve watts is what you want for the iPad. And a, a volt is not the same as a watt. Doctor Drang, help me out here again. Yeah, if Doctor Drang is listening, he's so angry right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's watts. Yeah. I think it's 10 watts for the iPad. Or, or 12 now for the new ones. Okay. Okay, that was a little bit of a, a jump out. You know, I, I think another great gift is knowledge. And I couldn't pick one service. There's three here that I would recommend. Um, the first would be Don McAllister's Excellent Screencast Online. Uh, this is really great if you're trying to get somebody new into using their Macs and their iOS devices and they want that kind of training that only Don can give with his excellent Liverpool accent. Um, it's, it's some of the best software training out there and uh, it's at Screencast Online. But there's two others I think that I would recommend too. I think lynda.com is really good for kind of generic, like if you want to learn how to program or even like make a resume. She's got just like so much content now at lynda.com. And then there's another service out there called Mac Pro Video, which has been really kind of killing it with the um, the pro apps training stuff. You know, if you want to get really good at, at like Logic or Final Cut or some of this other stuff, Mac Pro Video has done some really great content as well. So there, there's three different services there depending on what you're looking for. 
And getting yourself that or buying it for someone who's got some new technology in their life, I think that's a really good gift. Yeah, that's a great gift, especially for someone who's got some time over the holidays to to enjoy some of that. I want to get really good at regular expressions. And, you know, I there's so many apps I use that have that hook in them, and I've never, you know, I understand the basics, but I've never spent enough time really working with it. And regular expressions, I don't even want to try and describe it. But anyway, it's it's kind of like a shorthand to do date math and some other cool stuff. And Dr. Dreng's angry again right now, I'm sure. But the uh, lynda.com has a good sir, a good training program on that. So I'm hoping over the holidays I'll be able to watch that. Isn't that kind of sad? No, if that's, if that's what you need to unwind. Yeah. I think whatever. That's what I need. Whatever does it for you. That's what I need. All right, I've got another video-related pick, but before we go there, I want to talk about our last sponsor for this episode, and that is Ting. And I talked about Ting the last episode, or two episodes ago, I think. I don't remember. I talked about Ting recently, and I have had so many people email me and ask me, tell me more about this Ting thing. So Ting is from um, the sa- two cows who are the same people who are behind our good friends at Hover. So really good folks behind Ting. And Ting is a mobile service that makes sense. And they are an MVNO, which I think stands for Mobile Virtual Network Operator on the Sprint Network. So if you're familiar with the Sprint Network here in the U.S. and you've got good coverage for Sprint in your area, Ting is definitely something that you want to consider. So Ting does mobile very differently. They have no contracts, no termination fees, and you pay based on what you use for voice minutes, text messages, and data. So they can, if you go to their website, you'll see that they've got a couple of ranges. If you use between this many and this many voice minutes per month, this is your your um, your price for your voice minutes. If you go up, then it goes up. If you go up, you know, then it goes up in stair steps. They do the same thing for text messages. They do the same thing for data. So if you use very few voice minutes but a lot of text and a medium amount of data, then your price is going to be based on that. If you use a lot of voice, a little text, and a little bit of data, then your price is going to be based on that. But because there are no contracts, you only get charged for what you use that particular month. So if you use 300 minutes one month, you'll get charged for that. If you use 600 minutes one month, you'll get charged in that bracket. It's not like you get charged a penalty or an overage because you went over, you just get moved up into the appropriate bracket. Um, and then they've got all of the the other things that you would normally expect from a, a mobile service provider. They've got uh, voicemail, caller ID, tethering, hotspot, three-way calling, voice forwarding, and all those other features that you would normally expect with any other mobile phone. And so you get all those for free. You don't see any mysterious charges on your bill. All they charge you for is the actual usage for your your voice, your text, and your data, and whatever taxes that they're legally obligated to collect. So I was looking at Ting. They've got on their their website, they've got a a calculator that you can plug in the information from your last couple of months wireless bill, and they'll tell you exactly how much you would save by switching to Ting. And it was amazing. My current bill with Verizon is about $85 a month. And if I switched to Ting, it would be closer to $45 a month. And I was talking to my assistant at the office who really, 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 really wants a smartphone but just can't justify that $100 a month after taxes bill. And I said, well, have you considered Ting? And she'd never heard of Ting. And I explained to her what it was. And I just, I thought that she was almost going to cry because she says, I, I can actually get a smartphone now. And it was the coolest thing. 
So um, Ting is really cool. You know how we've talked about, however, if you call them anytime, someone will just pick up the phone. Same deal with Ting. If you have any questions, just give them a call between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time, and a real live actual person will answer the phone. Um, so you can check out their Facebook page, too, if you're interested. And they've got some cool stuff to give away over at Facebook.com slash Ting. If you want to learn more about Ting, support the show and receive $25 off your first device or $25 Ting service credit, go to 5x5.ting.com. And a big thanks to Ting for supporting 5x5 and Mac Power users. Okay, I think it's your turn. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, I said I had a video-related pick, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I want a TiVo Romeo. Okay. I've I've had TiVos for years. I've got a current TiVo HD. Um, I've been a little hesitant to switch from it because I've my one of my TiVo HDs have lifetime on it, and the other is grandfathered at a really low um, monthly service level. But um, I'm I'm really I'm feeling like it's a they're starting to, to get old and they've they've got dual tuners and sometimes I run up against the limitations of that. I know that's a problem. Um, well, well, tell me what's good about the new one. Okay. So the new TiVo Romeo, first off, you can have up to four tuners, which means you can record up to four, four shows at once. It's got a stream built in, which is kind of like a sling box, which means you can stream whatever is on your TiVo either to a supplemental TiVo device in your house, so it's kind of like you can stream it to another box and and get your TiVo content on another TV, or you can stream it to your iPhone or your iPad. So you can get your TiVo content out of your TiVo on your iPhone or iPad. Um, And then it, of course, has all the stuff that you would expect, like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and all that kind of good stuff. But but the big features that have, have really got me interested in the TiVo Romeo are the higher t- tuner level support um, and the stream features. I to me the fact that my cable box only records two channels at a time is a is a benefit. <laughs> I don't want my kids recording four shows at once. That's that's probably true. That's probably true. But um, uh, I actually you know this originally these weren't much of an issue for me because you know I don't I don't have cable. Except I just turned my cable back on, David. Yeah, I, I saw that, Katie, and, and I want to talk about that, but not today because okay. we're already into this, and we still have a few more picks, and I think we're going to go there one day and, and talk about that in greater detail. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, I would put a call out to the listeners to write us in if you're a cord cutter or not a cord cutter, or if you have a lot of opinions about this, because I think we're going to do update that show here probably right after the new year. Yeah. Um. Another video related pick, and this is a really good one if you've got a teenager in your life, and I think it applies to both boys and girls. Is uh, a couple years ago, I think it was, it, uh, I bought a GoPro camera. I think it was the version one, and now they're up to the Hero version three GoPro camera. And I can tell you, we have over the last couple of years, we have just beat the hell out of this GoPro. I've I've attached it to myself while upside down on zip lines. I've jumped in the ocean with it. I've done all kinds of crazy stuff. I uh, I did dog sledding with the GoPro attached to me. Oh, cool! So you, you name it, I have done it. And my kids love this thing, and um, I think it'd be a really great gift for um, a teenager because they they always find you know riding skateboards or doing anything they're going to want to like take pictures of themselves doing it that's kind of the new thing right and these cameras are really indestructible and they take pretty good video and if you want to be a hero to a teenager i think that's a pretty good gift yeah 
and I can say that the one I have, I, I have no desire to replace it because it just keeps working. Yeah, I hear they're pretty tough to destroy. Yeah. All right. One of the other things that I've used quite a bit, and it's pretty much my go-to jacket, is my Scotty vest. And I'm not going to say a word. Just just explain your Scotty vest. Oh, that's right. You have firsthand experience with my Scotty vest. Go ahead. Tell them the story about how I no, lost I, my I iPhone and my told Scotty this. vest. We're sounding like an old married couple. Yeah. We've told the story on <laughs> the show several times. Okay. Katie lost her phone in her Scotty vest. I lost vest. my phone in my Scotty vest. I found yeah. it, though. Yeah. Yes. So um, I got a Scotty. That was my first trip with my Scotty vest because I was not very familiar with the Scotty vest. And so people who aren't familiar is a Scotty vest is a vest or jacket. I actually had a Scotty jacket that you could take the sleeves off and it would convert to a vest that has like an uber gazillion pockets. I mean, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of pockets. And it's got pockets specifically designed for iOS devices. And it's got stuff where you can route your headphones in. And it's got pockets for Kindles. And it's got pockets for cameras. And it's got, I mean, it is it is just got like Uber pockets and attachments for everything. And it's a pretty decent jacket to boot. Mine, the one that, I mean, they have a bunch of different kinds. But the one I got is a little bit heavier than a windbreaker. Um, which for me in Florida is about the right type of jacket. I very seldom need a real heavyweight jacket, but it's a little bit heavier than a windbreaker. And I took that jacket to Alaska. Now, of course, we went in the summer. Um, and it was it was perfect. It, it kept me from having to carry a, a fanny pack or one of those types of things or a backpack. You know, I just threw my gear, my phone, my camera, my glasses, whatever, in the Scotty vest, and then I zipped up the pockets and was done. I just, you know, Katie is, for those of you who haven't met Katie, She's almost imperturbable. She just doesn't get upset. I that's one of the things that I admire about her. But if she loses her phone in her jacket, <laughs> she completely loses it. I'm just gonna say. Um, all right. I have I wanna talk about iPads because we went two different directions on that and we've gone this long, so let's just go for it. But before we do, um one last thing I wanna recommend. And I have talked about these before on the show, but I wanted to kind of follow up on them. And that's these Philips Hue light bulbs. And it kind of goes on the automation topic. We've, we've covered it before. I think last year I said I was thinking about asking for them for Christmas and I ended up not doing it because they're like $200 for three light bulbs and I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. But my wife knew that I was pining away for them. So I think Father's Day this year I got a set and, um, I've been really pushing hard on this email book now for a couple of months and the way my house is arranged, I don't have a separate office. The, you know, kind of the, my home study is a corner of our bedroom and I've got three. So I've got three lamps in the, in the bedroom and I've got these hue lights in them and I was working very long hours and I found that the ability to change the temperature of the lights, you know, cause you can do that with these hue bulbs. You can have a very kind of a warm, kind of yellowish or you can have a very bright kind of bluish you can you can change the temperature of the lights and when you're up way past hours that you should be or working long hours actually being able to change the temperature of the light in the room actually makes it a lot more tolerable and i was i was kind of surprised at how much i appreciated these lights as i was going through that project so they're not just a joke they're not just something to you know play disco music to because but you can there's an app for that, <laughs> which we have tried and uh, works quite well while you're jumping on the bed. But the um, but if you're working, these are kind of useful. So go check out those hue bulbs. I'm and these are LED bulbs, correct? 
Yeah, they are. Yeah, I'm thinking about just upgrading because I'm, you know, I've been in this house about two years now and I'm getting to the point where those originally uh, uber cheap builder grade bulbs are starting to blow. Yeah. And I'm thinking as they are about just not replacing them with the Philips bulbs because that would get ridiculously expensive. Um, Yeah. But just replacing them with LED bulbs. And it's expensive, but people swear I'll make it back. Yeah. Well, if these blow, I'm going to feel really stupid. But so far, they've been working great. And I do like the ability to change the temperature of the light in the room. And they have really convenient presets. And there's an iPhone app, so I can just open it up. I mean, I'm running them right now as we're recording the show. So they're they're not just a joke, I guess would be the point I'd make. Um, let's talk about iPads, though, because uh, when we we've been kind of doing this on the show off and on as the new iPads came out, we couldn't figure out which one we got. And this kind of fits in the holiday gift guide. Um, you ended up going with the mini and I ended up going with the air. I just decided a few days ago. Wow. So you got it? Um, yeah, just got it. Just got it. I mean, they're easy to get now. So, OK, well, the but, mini still uh, aren't. But yeah. Yeah, and you really were telling me before we started recording wh- how much you love your mini. So let's hear about it. I absolutely, positively love, 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 love my mini. Um, I have been reading like now. I've only had it. Let's see, as we sit here and record today's Monday, so I've had it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I've had it four days, really only only three and a half days, and I I have cleared out my Instapaper queue. I've started a new book on the Kindle. Uh, I, I love reading on the mini. It is, the screen is so gorgeous and it's just, it's more than just the screen. Cause I've had a retina screen before, obviously, but it's the combination of the screen with the weight and the size of the mini that it's just a single handed device. So I enjoy reading on the mini and I can't really say that I enjoyed reading on the full size iPad. I mean, I, I did and I would, but it wasn't really enjoyable. So I'll sit up in bed for an hour or two before I go to bed and read, or I'll sit in a chair when I, when I come home from work or in the mornings before I go and, and read. And I'm, I'm really digging it. And, so and this, of, the size the, was right. Yeah. One of the issues you were saying is that you wanted it so you could put it in your purse. It did, yeah. Are you doing that? I did this today. Yeah. And it fits. Okay. It so fits. now you're, you're incorporated into your daily life much better with the smaller size. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Um, normally, I would not take my iPad to work unless I had a specific reason, you know, unless mm-hmm. I knew that I was doing something I need to take my iPad to work for. And today, I was just, you know what, I've got a mini, it fits in my purse. I'm going to, th- you know, just like I throw my keys in my phone and whatever in my purse. This morning, as I was getting ready to go for the day, I put my mini in my purse. And I didn't use it much throughout the day. But then at three o'clock, I had a meeting outside the office where I was meeting with a vendor. And about 2.30, I was getting ready to go for that meeting, and I went to go grab a legal pad to take with me to the meeting so I could take notes. And I stopped, and I said, well, this is silly. I I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to take a legal pad with me to this meeting to take notes. And I just picked up my purse and walked out the door. And when I got to the vendor's place for the meeting, I popped open Evernote on my iPad and opened up a new note and took notes about what we talked about and what I needed to know. And it really was just a couple of bullet points because I didn't take detailed notes or anything at this meeting. And, and that was it. It's in my mini. It's done. It's where it ultimately needs to be for where I keep notes for these types of things. And that was that. Yeah, that's what I've been doing for like three years, Katie. Okay, good for you. <laughs> but the uh, no, I, I, if I carried a purse, 
or what, what do they call those man purses? A Merce. Merces. A yeah, Merce. If I carried one I, and an iPad mini would fit in it, I'd probably be more likely to buy one of those. But I was just looking at the way I use my iPads and, and I use them for a lot of, uh, of things where I'm, you know, creating mind maps and things. And I really like having the extra space. And I went in the store and I, I looked at both the new retina mini iPad mini and the new iPad air and the iPad air has got so much lighter. Um, and since I'm not going to be able to carry it with me, whether it's a mini or a retina without getting out my Indiana Jones bag or something like that, uh, I might as well get the bigger one. That's what I eventually decided. And, um, I think that was the right decision for me, but the nice thing is it really doesn't matter. I mean, there, there's a whole thing on the internet now about people saying, well, you get the mini, if you're going to just consume content and you get the bigger one, if you want to create it, well, you know, Federico Vitici has pretty much destroyed that. In fact, he did that on the show. And I think you can create content on the little one, just as easy as the bigger one. Um, and, it's just really nice having the the choice now of whatever works for you best. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think either decision is really wrong, but, but boy, the iPad air is so much lighter than the previous generation one. And like, I do like to type on it and, and on the mini, I can type just fine in portrait mode with my thumbs, but to actually type on it, you got to It just doesn't work. I, I am str- um, struggling as a, as a, is a harsh word because I haven't had it long enough to struggle, but I, I am finding typing different and I'm, I'm not quite sure where I'll finally fit my groove in with typing, whether it will be, I've gone both ways. I've, I've done it in portrait mode with thumbs and I've done it in landscape mode with kind of a, a combination of not, not all 10 fingers, but a couple of fingers at a time. And I'm not quite sure where I'll come out with at the end of that, but I'm, I'm sending people typo filled emails right now. So if I sent you one, I apologize. It was sent from my iPad. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, I think we've covered that one enough, but yeah, but, but on your gift list or on your potential, potential lift list for people, I'll tell you, my mom came over, um, cause we were going to an art show and she said, Oh, let me see your new iPad. Cause she was thinking about, about getting one. She, but she had decided that she didn't need one. She is a, a third generation retina iPad. And my mom is not a tech person who has to have the latest and greatest tech by any means. I mean, a third generation iPad, would do her for four or five years, no problem. Yeah, and, well, uh, I, repl- I replaced that for the air, and I cannot get over how much faster it is. Well, so she spent about 20 minutes with my mini on the couch, and, and she set it down, and she said, you can tell your father that this is this is what I expect for Christmas this year. I think, I be- I think Apple's going to be selling a lot of iPads this year. Yeah. yeah. I just need 1% of them to buy my book. Done. That's all. Then I could live in Hawaii. Get it done, people. Go out there and and, and make it Thanks, happen. Thanks, by the way. It's uh, you know how awesome it is waking up and seeing your book number one. Yeah, oh, man, it's great. Your book After was like number work. one, number two, and number three, or something like that. It was something ridiculous for a little while. I had a nice uh, had a very nice uh, listing there in iTunes. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, the new iPads are pretty great. I think whichever one you get, you're going to be pretty happy with it. I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a win-win, whatever yeah. way you go. All right. So we've been going for, um, I think about an hour and a half now, maybe a little bit longer with this geek gift guide. Yeah. Um, so. we're going to have to do a feedback show cause it just <laughs> keeps adding are. up and we I run out we of time. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, if you do want to send us feedback for that eventual show, where do you send it? 
Well, you can email us, feedback at MacPowerUsers.com, and that will come to both David and I. And now that the Gmail issue is fixed, I will actually be replying to feedback. In fact, I replied to a slew of it today. Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MacPowerUsers. Katie's at Katie Floyd, and I'm at Mac Sparky. Yeah. Uh, this, you can find links to everything that we talked about in this episode, lovingly crafted by our good friend JT, over at 5x5.tv slash MPU slash 165 or at MacPowerUsers.com. And here's a tip. Have you ever wondered, have we ever done a show on insert whatever product category something in this blank? If you go to MacPowerUsers.com, you can actually click on the show, uh, archive button or the shows button at the top of the page, and you will see a listing of all 165 shows that we've done, or you can search the show notes for a keyword or phrase. And just to answer your question, whatever your question is, have we ever done a show on? Yes. The answer is probably yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> if it's remotely related to technology... <laughs> Uh, you know, it just gets keeps getting funner, though, Katie. It does. Thanks to our sponsors for this episode, Pixelmator, Drobo, Hover, and Ting. We wouldn't be able to do this show without you. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanksgiving.